Today's episode contains some material that might not be suitable for all listeners. Discretion is advised. Welcome to the Plum Forest Podcast, where we give you modernized versions of classical Chinese fables and short stories. Just like every other episode, before we get started, please make sure to hit that like and subscribe button, or even leave a comment, because it lets me know that you're listening, and I like that. I hope everyone is enjoying summer finally arriving, and hopefully you can listen to this wonderful story we have today while you're out enjoying the sun. Today, we got a great story for you. This story is about a man and his loyal companion. When a situation arises for this cattle rancher, he has to make drastic decisions and that's when things start to unravel for him. But why am I telling you this? You're going to listen to the story in just a minute, so hopefully it'll be good as you're expecting. The original of this story is another one of Pu Songling's great short stories. This one is also found in his renowned collection of short stories called Strange Tales from a Chinese Studio. The title of the original story is directly translated to as Faithful Dog, and the title in Chinese is the moral of this story goes back to the beginning of time with a loyal and faithful dog helping out their master. I don't want to spoil too much for you, but this story really pushes that line. Dogs throughout Chinese mythology are always extremely important. This is because they are always accompanying their masters along any journey that they find themselves in. Even the Shih Tzu dog was famous for being a dog of royalty and high-ranking officials. They were loyal, fierce, and even loving when you needed them to be, even though they are kind of like a rat. And just like Western culture, dogs are looked at as a man's, or a woman's, best friend because of their loyalty to their family. But because we already know all this stuff about a dog's loyalty, we can just jump straight into today's episode, The Companion. Summers in the eastern part of Montana sure are gorgeous. And just like every other summer, August was the brutalest of months with temperatures easily passing 100 degrees on a regular basis. For cattle farmers out there, this was just their life though. Not only were these cattle farmers working long and grueling days, but they were almost always struggling financially. One farmer by the name of Noah was no different than the rest. Noah really didn't have much family, and in the previous year, his wife had passed from cancer. So all he really had now was his dog T-Bone, his trusty horse, and his many, many, many cattle. He sure was struggling in his life at this point, both financially and mentally. Just as he finished up dinner one evening after a long, grueling day of work, he got a knock at his front door. Hello. What seems to be the matter? Hi, sir. I'm from the state sheriff's department, and I have a notice from the state of Montana that one Liam West has been convicted of first-degree murder and has been sentenced to execution. Liam? My dad? From what it sounds like, your father caused a whole bunch of trouble, but he still insists he's innocent. Here's a notice explaining what can be done. Wait, when did this all happen? The murder happened about three months ago, and he was just sentenced. Personally, I don't think he did it, but I'm not the jury. Noah opened up the letter and began to read it to himself. Do you have any other questions I might be able to answer here? Can I appeal this at all? I don't know much about the law in this regard, but 
I have to at least try and appeal it. Isn't that my right as an American? Yes, it looks like you can appeal, but you should really hurry to try and appeal the case. Sounds like they're really throwing the book at him. All right. Well, thanks for your help, and I'll do what I can. Good luck, son. Noah sat down on his lazy boy and continued to read the notice to see what he could do to try and save his father. Him and his father had been in some disputes over property, and they haven't really spoken to each other in a few years. But he felt he needed to at least try to save his father. It was the only family he had left at this point. As he glanced over the notice for the billionth time, he discovered that he could appeal to the court, but there was a hefty fee that he wasn't sure he could get in time. Noah somehow needed to gather $8,000 by the 26th, and it was already the 11th. He had to think about how he was going to do this. Over the next few days, Noah sold almost all of his cattle at prices that should have been considered theft. But desperate times call for desperate measures, and this was an extremely desperate time. After selling and wheeling and dealing for some time, he finally got the $8,000 he needed, but he was only down to a few cattle left and wasn't sure how he was going to get through this, but he sure had to try. The next morning, he saddled up on his horse and packed the $8,000 in his saddlebag. He hopped upon his trusty horse, and his dog T-Bone stood there on the porch watching him as he rode off on the newly paved road to Helena to try and save his father. Halfway through the first day of riding, he stopped to have a quick snack and give his horse a rest and some much-needed water. When he got off his horse, he noticed something off in the distance. He wasn't quite sure what it was, but it looked as if it was getting closer and closer. He took a quick gnarly swig from his flask. <sighs> and this object in the distance was now much closer when he started to realize that it was actually T-Bone. T-Bone came rushing closer and closer until it was within petting distance of Noah. T-Bone, what the fuck are you doing here? Get the fuck out of here. Go home. I can't deal with this shit right now. The dog began whimpering and barking at Noah. <laughs> I told you to get the fuck out of here, T-Bone. Go home. T-Bone didn't budge an inch. All right, you want to play these stupid games? I'm going to continue on my journey, and I know you can't keep up with my horse. So you're going to be stranded out here. I can't deal with all this shit right now. Noah then jumped up on his horse and continued down the road towards Helena. T-Bone didn't leave and stayed up with them as long as he possibly could. T-Bone was starting to get exhausted, but he didn't let Noah leave his sights on this grueling journey. After some time, Noah had thought he lost T-Bone and decided to take a quick break to get a quick piss in. Just as he was finishing his business, T-Bone was seen coming over the bluff and ran straight up to Noah and his horse. You mangy mutt! Get out of here! What did I tell you? Go home! T-Bone growled at Noah and his horse and started biting the horse's tail and ankles. But Noah and his horse were not taking any of this shit right now. He had enough on his plate and didn't want to deal with this, so he grabbed a nearby stick and swung it at T-Bone. I told you to 
Go home, you mangy mutt. Go home, and I'll be home soon. I can't take care of you during all this shit going on right now. Go! The dog again did not budge, even after being swung at multiple times. Now Noah was getting angrier and angrier purely because his dog wouldn't obey his commands. He decided to jump back on his horse and continue on his journey to Helena. But just like what had happened before, T-Bone was quick on his tail. God damn it, T-Bone! Noah had a light bulb go off in his head and he had a great idea to throw T-Bone off his tail. He would do this by pretending to ride back home and hopefully the dog would just continue all the way home. So he turned around and continued to gallop in the direction of his home to throw T-Bone off his trail. And as soon as T-Bone couldn't be seen anymore, he swung his horse around to continue back on his journey to Helena. The road was long and boy was it hot in August. Have you ever been to eastern Montana in August? It's really fucking hot. And, to make things worse, this year was one of the hottest months they've had in 30 years, with temperatures just lingering around the 100 degree mark. The sun began to set, and the temperature finally began to drop, which made it a lot more comfortable, I'd say. But as the sun went down, he finally arrived in Helena, and this was a big, big, big city from where he came from. There were so many cars that Noah hadn't seen before. He didn't get out much, but these were all new to him. Boy, I need to get a car, he thought to himself. He arrived at the local hotel where he looked for a place to tie his horse up. But because this was the 21st century, he couldn't find anywhere, so he ended up just jimmy-rigging it to a street lamp. He then grabbed his satchel with all the money for the appeal and walked into the hotel. As Noah entered the hotel, he was amazed by how modern everything was. He looked over to his left and noticed a Coca-Cola vending machine and was baffled by this humongous can of Coke. Hello there, sir. Welcome to the Helena Grand Hotel. What can I do for you today? Can I get a glass of water first? It's pretty hot outside. Uh, sure. Just a moment. The concierge stepped into the back room and returned with an ice-cold glass of water. Noah slugged it down in one gulp. Ooh, that was good. All right, where were we? So, what can I do for you today? A room, perhaps? Yeah, a room is what I need. I guess your cheapest room and just for one night. I will be gone by tomorrow. Okay, let's see what we can do for you. The concierge began searching on his computer for any vacancies for the night and the prices when Noah politely interrupted his searching. So, that... Huge can of Coke over there. That's quite a bit of Coke. Can anyone drink all that Coke in one sitting? That's way too much. Uh, you mean the vending machine? The what? The vending machine. You put some money in the big machine, and it gives you a little can of Coke. You see those buttons on the side? Those are the different types of soda you can buy. Holy smokes! Really? Noah rushed over and put in some change and pushed a random button when the machine dispensed an ice-cold soda for him. After cracking the can, he gulped it down in an instant. Hot damn! And they're cold, too! Can I 
Get one of these in my fancy hotel room, too? I'm sorry, sir, but we don't have those in each room. Each floor has one near the elevator, though, and you're more than welcome to use that one. Wow, that's pretty cool. Way too fancy for my blood. Alright, so about that room? There was actually just a cancellation, so I can get you a deal on this room for $62 a night. And that is including taxes and fees. 62 bucks! Anything cheaper? I'm sorry, sir, but that's the most reasonably priced room we have for tonight. Well, shit. Just give it to me. And you said that huge soda machine thingy is where on the floor? Near the elevators. I'll start booking the room for you, sir. The concierge took down his information and began processing the booking. That will be $62, sir. Will that be cash or card? Cash. Let me grab it. Noah swung around his saddlebag with his cash for the appeal and opened it, only to find that one of the two smaller sacks with the money was missing. Holy shit! Where the fuck is it? He patted the bag and ran out to the horse to see if it had happened to be in any of the other bags he had on his horse, but it was nowhere to be found. Noah returned over to the concierge with the look of defeat on his face and pulled out $62 and handed it to the concierge. Is everything alright, sir? Yeah, just another problem for this horrible week. Where's my room? Okay then, your room is on the third floor and it's room 319. You can get up there by the elevators just over there and here. And here's a dollar for a soda from that soda machine. It'll be on your left just outside the elevator. You look like you need a break. Noah grabbed the key and gave him a nod and headed over to the elevator to get to his room. As he exited the elevator on the third floor, he headed over to the vending machine and must have bought ten sodas with his new favorite machine. He walked over to his room and after entering the room, he cracked a soda and slugged it down followed by a long pull on his flask. That night, he laid in his bed thinking about this entire shitstorm he had gone through and where that $4,000 could have been. I knew putting it in two bags was a bad idea. Why would I do that? God damn it, Noah. Hours went on, and he stared at the ceiling while trying to figure out where this money could be. Sleep was really what Noah needed, but his mind was racing with worry, and probably quite a bit of caffeine from all those cans of soda he slugged down. While he was counting the number of dots on the ceiling with his mind racing, Something had popped into his mind. T-Bone. Noah realized that his trusty dog was trying to tell him something. The dog knew something and he just shooed him off because he couldn't get his own head out of his ass. Oh, T-Bone. I gotta go find T-Bone. Oh, God. I can head back there and I still have a few days to try and find it before the appeal needs to be submitted. I can do this. One of the first rules of horse riding in Montana was to never start a journey at night. So he gathered his things and at daybreak, he would retrace every step and gallop of his journey to try and find that lost money. He had no other choice. Noah reached over for the phone and called down to the concierge. Hey, Mr. Fancy Soda Machine Guy. Ah yes, it's you. What can I help you with? What time is daybreak tomorrow? Uh, daybreak? God, I have no idea. Let me check. The concierge did a quick Google search and got the answer for him. Tomorrow the sun will rise at 4.42 a.m. Perfect. Where's the alarm in this room? How about this? I'll have someone call you at 4.30 a.m. Does that sound good? That'd be great, Mr. Fancy Soda Machine. Thanks. Have a good night, sir.
Noah hung up the phone and tried to sleep until daybreak, but all his mind could do was race and worry. That night, he laid there and couldn't get a wink of sleep. As 4.30 a.m. rolled around, the telephone rang. Noah picked it up immediately. Mr. Fancy Soda Machine? Um, what? Um, no. This is your 4.30 a.m. wake-up call, sir. Oh, okay. Thank you. He hung the phone up and gathered his things and went out to get his horse and check his steps and path to see if he could find his money. As Noah retraced his journey, he had a keen eye for any sign of his lost money, or even T-Bone, but he found nothing. He continued until he got to the last place where he saw T-Bone, but to his dismay, there was nothing. He continued on his search until he finally arrived at the spot where he decided to take a quick piss the day before. He searched the area up and down, and began walking in the tall nearby grass to maybe see if there was a clue that he might have missed when all of a sudden, he heard a panting nearby. T-Bone? Is that you? Where are you, boy? A faint whimpering could be heard nearby, and Noah rushed over to find T-Bone, exhausted and barely clinging to life. Noah went down to his knees and began clutching T-Bone in his arms. T-Bone! Oh, boy! I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have treated you like that. I got all caught up in this situation and didn't mean to do that to you. I'm sorry, T-Bone. T-Bone licked Noah's face, and after a few final seconds together, T-Bone went limp. Noah laid with him for a few more moments and just wanted to be with T-Bone one more time. After a little bit longer, Noah finally stood up and decided that he was going to bury T-Bone and do it right by him. He whistled to call his horse closer, and he picked up T-Bone in his arms. Just as he took his first step with T-Bone, he stepped on a small mound that was under T-Bone's body. It was the second bag of money. I'm gonna be a little honest. We all kinda saw that coming with the dog being a good friend and helper to his master Noah. But that makes it such a great story because we know what's going to happen, yet we still want to see it go down. And Noah was a complete goofball. When he was riding away and the dog followed, come on buddy. But you know, sometimes we get swept up in the moment and it's hard to realize what is really right underneath our noses. The whole coke machine joke thing was actually a real story from a dude I met while living in Europe. Not to that extent, but this man had never seen a vending machine before, and I kind of thought that this fit Noah's personality perfectly. It was a nice little touch. And just like every other episode, I know you have some questions about this weird story. So be sure to check out the Plum Forest Podcast subreddit to discuss and ask any questions that you may have about this story. Today's episode only had a few extra voices, but they all helped me out so much. So thanks, everyone. Noah's voice was done by Don Q, who did a great job. The VP for TP himself, Manisha Rora, did an amazing job on the concierge, and KLNG did a wonderful wake-up call. My cousin, Stash Anthony, killed it as the voice of the sheriff. And it's cool because he's also got a super sweet RC car Instagram at liberty underscore RC. At first, I thought it was kind of childish to play with these RC cars, but some of the stuff he makes on there is actually pretty fucking cool. And it's really creative too, and it's actually pretty cool, so you should check that out. After you listen to the Plum Forest podcast first, right? 
Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlumForestPod to get updates on episodes that are coming out soon. And our website still has bits of information about every episode, so don't forget to check that out too at PlumForestPodcast.com. And the final plug I gotta do is for our brand spanking new Patreon page. You can get scripts of episodes and we will even send you a handwritten postcard to wherever you live. And there's even some bloopers, so be sure to give that a quick check out. I hope everyone can enjoy summer finally arriving and remember to tune in next week to another off-the-wall story that'll blow your socks off. Take care and stay safe. You just listened to a Where's Kellen production. Nailed it.